Yeah, wow. Amazing, amazing messages tonight. I am so, so blessed to be here with you all today. Thank you, Sister Nancy, for the invitation. I am blessed, blessed to be here. Well, let's get right into the word. This evening's event is based on the scripture of Psalms 92, verse 13. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Ladies, how many of you want to remain rooted in the house of God? Amen. Well, the only way is if we, just like roots, go down deep. And sometimes going deep is going deep into his word. But other times it's going deep into our own lives and soul. Deep to the innermost parts. This means going into the generational history of our families. There are generational issues, good and bad, that can and do affect our current walk. And we are going to look at how these generational issues can affect us and how there is a God in heaven who wants to be our father. So... Speaking of fathers, many of you have had to make this following statement, visiting dad. And that is the title of this evening's message, visiting dad. Some of you had to visit dad in prison, unfortunately. Some of you had to visit your dad due to a divorce or separation where you would see your father on the weekends or only on holidays. Some of you had to visit your dads in other countries due to citizenship issues or immigration concerns. And one of the unmost fortunate of circumstances has to do with abandonment. For many of you, you would have to go visit your fathers because they pretty much walked out on you and the whole family and you wanted to keep a relationship with him. Now there are two other experiences I would like to mention. Number one, I know that there are many of you here that maybe never even knew who your fathers were. This message is still for you. And number two, I know that there are some of you that have been fortunate enough to have a father in the home. And this message is also still for you. All of these scenarios are real for all of us. And for me, this was a true reality. I had to visit my dad in prison. I remember sometimes I really didn't want to go. Drive for eight hours just to see him for 40 minutes. I would think, why did he do what he did? if he knew that he was going to be separated from my brother and I. And this was very hurtful. And then there were times that I wanted to go see him. I was 14 at the time, and he didn't get out until I was 22 years old. I felt as if I had missed out on a large portion of my life with him. As young girls... 
We all really need our fathers. And basically, I did not have my father my whole teenage life. And what happened to me is I began to build up and hold in a lot of resentment. So ladies, when these type of life issues happen to us as young children or teens, this is very, very traumatic. Many of you here have been traumatized because of your experiences or lack of experiences concerning your fathers. And before I get into the spiritual effects of this type of trauma, I want to point out that there are biological effects on the brain that can occur. So what does this mean? When a child is abused or hurt, the brain goes into a protective mode known as fight or flight. And when the brain goes into this mode enough times, it can get stuck in this mode, which means a child or even an adult can always be on the defensive and very untrusting of others. It also causes the brain to disengage from logical thinking, which is what helps children do well in school. So the fact is that trauma causes emotional and educational setbacks. Our fathers, present or not, have a huge, huge effect on our lives. But tonight, I also want to look at this from a spiritual perspective, specifically generational influences. There are generational things and curses that are inherited in the bloodline that some of you tonight have been battling and you don't even know it. In Jewish and many other cultures, it was the father's ancestral line that was documented and that carried any importance. The mother's line, it may have been documented, but it did not hold any legal weight when it came to inheritances. So why does this matter for us tonight? Ladies, there are things good and bad that you are generationally influenced by. Some of you have good habits, personality traits that you got from your fathers that have made you better parents or workers, etc. But do you know that there are generational sins that can and are still affecting us today? In the scriptures, there is an example of this. In John chapter 9, verse 1, it states, As he went along, he saw a, blind, a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, 
But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. This scripture basically explains that sin and the effects of sin can be passed down generationally. This scripture provides three possible reasons that a person was born blind. Number one, the man's sin is what could have caused his blindness. Number two, the man's parents' sins are what could have caused his blindness. And number three, or it could have been, as Jesus stated in this case, so that a miracle could be displayed through his life. Ladies, what is the lesson here? Even if you didn't commit these sins, your father's sins can have an effect on you. If it weren't so, Jesus would have corrected his disciples and stated that it's never a parent's influence that affects their children. But he didn't. All he said was that in this case, that was not the reason. In another scripture in Matthew, chapter 23, verse 29 through 32, Jesus states, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. Jesus was basically stating that their ancestors' sins had transcended into their lives and now they would also be judged for it. Basically, their ancestors' sins were having an effect on their lives years down the line. So, I have a question for you all today. Are there deep-rooted hurts and pains that you are battling and experiencing because of your father's decisions? Are there sins that you are battling in your own lives because of your father's sins? Secret sins that you just can't overcome, and it's a stumbling block and a hindrance to you and your walk with God. Let's be real tonight. We know who we are in here. We know that these generational curses, and we know what generational curses and influences that we struggle with on a daily. Do you have ungodly character traits that you know are not right? And you excuse it by saying, well, that's just the way my dad was. Or maybe you struggle with your own identity because your father was absent. And you did not know who to be or become because you lacked his direction. 
when children grow up without their fathers, it affects their identity. In the Bible, this was well understood. A child and even adults were identified based on who their fathers were. Even Jesus was many times referred to as Jesus, the son of Joseph. Jesus, the son of the carpenter. It was a shameful thing back then to not know your father. And God does not look down on the children when fathers are absent. He's just saddened by the fact that this happens so often because this is not his plan. It's the plan of the enemy to destroy families and children while they are young, which is why the devil hits fathers so much. But I also know that there are many of our children and grandchildren that don't have fathers present. And praise God, they have been blessed to have godly grandfathers, uncles, brothers. And this is awesome. Yes, thank God. Thank God for that. And single mothers who are here tonight, you are doing the job for two. You are awesome. You are not alone. You keep fighting. You keep pressing through. And God has a plan for you and your children. Keep fighting for your salvation. Keep fighting for your children. God's promises are yes and amen. And the best news is, that we that are now saved have a father in heaven who wants to be your father and give you a new identity in him. But you know, there is a sad reality. And the reality is that there are some of us here tonight that may still hold resentment toward our fathers. You know, we get to adulthood, and many times we've gone through so much, so much hurt, so much disappointments. We've experienced rejection, and we feel as women that we have to be strong because we're wives now and mothers, and we don't want to fall apart. So we just look at that resentment that's in here, and we try to sweep it under the rug. God doesn't want us to sweep it under the rug. He wants us to acknowledge that it's there so he can heal us. Because, you know, if you don't take care of that resentment, what it's going to do is it's going to kill you because it's like poison if we don't address it. We can carry this into our marriages. Maybe your father womanized and hurt your mother, and you resent him and maybe all men because of it. You can basically get triggered in your own marriage because maybe your husband does or says something that reminds you of your dad and you react in a negative way. You start to flip the lid, and you get into arguments, and then you tell, your, you tell your husband, oh, no, brother, I know you just didn't go there. <laughs> and then he looks at you like, 
what? Because there's so much hurt, so much turmoil going on inside. Right? Don't we feel like that sometimes? And sadly, we can even pass it down to our own kids. For example, maybe your father abused you physically or sexually, and now it causes you to be overprotective or even abuse your own children. And when I say abuse, I'm not only talking about physical and sexual abuse. It can be verbal and emotional abuse as well. Maybe you talk down to your kids or even cuss at them. And just as a side note, if you're single here tonight, don't tune me out. I want you to dig deep and look within so you can deal with these issues before you get married and have a family of your own. Because if we don't deal with these generational issues, Literally, they will affect us for a lifetime. It doesn't just go away because now we're saved and going to church. It can affect us at our jobs and how we deal with conflict. It can affect us in our ministry and how we deal with other brothers or sisters or even visitors that may trigger us. Pride may rise up because you don't like anybody telling you what to do. These are deep-rooted issues of the heart that have been planted generationally by the devil. And it is a strategy of Satan to keep you and your family bound. And you know why these generational issues can last a lifetime? Because we can tend to bury it and not address it. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to revisit the hurt because it hurts too much. In Luke chapter 11, verse 39, Jesus addresses what is deep inside us. Now then... You Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. We all know that the Pharisees in the Bible, they really thought they were holier than thou. They were so busy pointing the finger at everyone else trying to see fault and what was going on in everybody else's life that Jesus, their Savior, their Messiah was right there. And they didn't even realize it. He was trying to help them. What Jesus is basically saying in this scripture is that he is not as concerned with the outward appearance as much as he is concerned with what's in the heart. For these Pharisees, it was greed and wickedness. But what would Jesus find inside of us yes I know you look so cute and pretty coming to church all dressed up but what about those deep dark 
hidden things in us. Would Jesus say, mm-mm, I believe one of those things that he would find in many is the desire to control. I say this because when a child grows up with a lot of hurt and abuse, they bring it into adulthood. And they tend to want to control as much as they can while they are adults, since they could not control all that was done to them when they were younger. If this is not dealt with, you can take on the spirit of control, which is harmful to marriages and other relationships, like at work or church. Remember, Jesus wants us to look deep tonight. Ask yourself, is this me? Do I want to control everything? Does everything always have to be my way? And for those of you that have been blessed with great fathers, pray for your husbands or future husbands to be men of God that understand generational issues so that they can deal with their deep-rooted issues because they too can bring their generational issues into your marriage and then you're going to have to deal with them. And if you aren't married and you want to be married someday, Pray for a man that is not only concerned with his outward appearance, but with his own deep-rooted issues. A man that is willing to take his deep-rooted issues to God. A man that makes altar calls. A man that is early to church to go to prayer. Or I don't know, maybe that doesn't matter to some of you. And why am I spending so much time on husbands and future husbands? Because ultimately, they are already fathers or are going to be fathers of your own children, and we have to be aware. Now, the good, good news in all of this is that we have a heavenly father who knows our struggles and our deep-rooted generational issues, and he cares for us. He loves us. He cares for us. In Psalms chapter 103, verse 13, the Bible states, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. I love the words the scripture uses, tender and compassionate, which means Father God will be tender with our hurts, different than the way the world is, and compassionate with us. When maybe our own fathers showed no compassion, this is why we need to come to him. He longs to spend time with his daughters. We need to spend time in his presence at the feet of our loving father. That's where we're going to be healed. When we pray, this is why the devil tries to stop us from praying. There's always something when we're going to pray that the devil tries to throw at us. Do we spend time with him? 
and put our own personal agenda aside and just long to spend time at the feet of Jesus? Jesus stated to his disciples, could you not even pray for one hour? And yet we can spend time watching a movie for an hour and a half and not even give Jesus one hour of our time, our Savior. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, the Bible states, Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. Our Heavenly Father cares for us even when we may be forsaken by others. What he does like a loving father is he reaches down deep, deep into our hearts, and he begins to remove those deep-rooted generational hurts. But many of you, if you are honest, you haven't even let God scratch the surface. Many times we think that just because we're saved now, that everything bad is just going to go away. But do you notice that the scripture states, cast your care upon him. It doesn't say Jesus will take away your cares. This means that we have to take those hurts, those pains, and we have to give them to God. We have to give them to God. Sometimes we wonder, why are things not changing? Well, are we spending time with him? Are we casting our cares upon him? Or do we let the busyness of life and the cares of this world consume us? Did you know that it's one of the devil's strategies to make us so busy that we don't have time for God. Your heavenly Father delights in you. He delights in you and he takes pleasure in his relationship with you. In Psalms chapter 149 verse 4, it states, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. The word meek means to humble yourself. This means that only when we humble ourselves to God in prayer will we be made beautiful because he will take all that is ugly in us. Yes. In closing... Regardless of what you have experienced with your fathers, know that God wants to be rooted in your life. He wants to dwell deep within your soul. He wants to give you a divine visitation. He wants to be your perfect father. I love this scripture. In Psalms 27, verse 10, if my father and my mother forsake me, then thank God the Lord will take me in. Yes, thank you, Jesus. 
What we never had with our own fathers, we can have with Father God. Amen. If you can just please bow your heads and close your eyes. God, we just thank you for this night. And we're going to open up a time to give those that were invited. Maybe you were invited tonight and you don't know the Lord. You've never given your life to Jesus. Jesus loves you. It's not a coincidence that you were brought here tonight. God loves you. Father God loves you. And he wants to give you a chance. He wants to come into your life so he can take away those hurts and those pains and fill you with his Holy Spirit. If you have, are here tonight and you want to give Jesus a chance, I want you to lift up your hands, please, and we will pray for you. If there's anyone here that does not know Jesus and you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, just quickly lift up your hand. Anybody here at all? And we will pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. At this time, we're going to open up the altars. You know, we heard so many things tonight. So many great things that we're going to have the opportunity to really take home and apply in being rooted in God, rooted in him, so that wherever you are planted, you can bloom. You know, I believe that there are many here that are battle-weary. You've been going through things because of life. Life has thrown you so much disappointments, hurts. Some of you have lost family members. Some of you are battling sicknesses. Some of you are waiting for unanswered prayers. And God wants to meet you here at the altar tonight. I believe that God wants to take you to your promised land. But you got to get healed first. There's so much that God has for you. So much that God wants to do in you and through you, but you got to get healed. You can't run around like a wounded soldier. God wants to heal your hurts and your pains. If this is you, we want to open up the altar. Whatever you want to meet God here for, come, come to the altar and let God meet you here.